0: (laughs) Let's lift your hands to Jim or point them out or however you want to do this. Father, thank you for Jim, and thank you for uh, all that you have done through Jim and all you have done in Jim, and there's more. And I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Well, uh, gee, I sort of am a little bit intimidated after that testimony there. Uh, Of course, it's pretty easy to intimidate a guy like me. I never know really what I'm doing. Don't let these notes fool you. I don't have a clue what's going to happen here. Uh, The Lord gave me three pages of notes today, I think just to calm my fears. Um, I've always been a little shy country boy, very introverted and uh, bashful. I just hide it well in public sometimes. But it, it's interesting. What I want to talk about is something that... Um, back up just I'm going to take a couple of minutes. You know, my wife, I've been married for nearly, over 48 years now. But um, I was really surprised that she agreed to marry me. And... Um, Uh, one of the the hesitations she had, uh, I didn't know this for years, but later she confessed to me that one of the things that she was concerned about was she didn't think I had a sense of humor. And uh, since that time, that opinion has mutated a little bit. She just doesn't think I have a good sense of humor anymore. And, and, and not many people find funny those things that I find extremely funny, but um, I, 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 I've had a case of foot and mouth disease for most of my life, you know, where you open your mouth and you insert your foot. Well, I got to laughing about that myself this past week, and so I looked up foot and mouth disease, and I realized it's hand, foot, and mouth disease. And that there's no cure for it other than wash your hands frequently, you know, and uh, stay away from people that have it. So uh, I don't know what that forebodes for you guys, but um, let me just say this. We need to know the nature of the Holy Spirit. The nature of the Holy Spirit. In scriptures, we are uh, told that the nature of the Holy Spirit is like unto the wind, Ruach, the wind, the Spirit. It's like unto water, it flows and it's like unto fire. Have you ever seen um, videos of those huge, gigantic waves off the coast of Portugal that the big wave surfers uh, do? I think that they recorded one. They've They've got, you know, uh, laser measurements down. I think there was a 92-foot wave that somebody successfully rode not that long ago. Those waves are monstrous. My, I almost got killed once in about a 20-foot wave off the coast of California when there was a typhoon, and I was a little ignorant country boy. I thought I could get out there, in it, and it almost killed me. Um, in a little 20-foot wave. I can't imagine the force and the power of of a 20-foot wave. But you know, if you capture a part of that wave in a can and carry it back to the house, when you open it up, it's not got any power left in the water. You can go out in the midst of a hurricane and you can capture the wind in a can and when you take it home and you opened it up on your timetable there's no power in it and fire doesn't do too well in a closed container either if we think we can program and can the Holy Spirit we may need to get reeducated to exactly who and what he is Because he is not, the lion of Judah is not a tame lion. You can't lead him around on a chain. He is not safe. He will challenge everything in your world and in your realm. And you, you will be exposed in the process. I believe that we are coming into a season of exposure. Are you ready to be exposed? Think about it. Think on these things, as Peter said. A couple of weeks ago, we were praying for Chris and Jen's baby girl, Nina, and I had a a case of holy spirit, foot and mouth disease because I opened my mouth to say one thing and something entirely different than that which I had premeditated poured out. But I think what came out of my mouth, and this is my my frame of reference, I believe that that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it has to do with exactly what you were talking about. You are the light of the world. It's what we are called to do. By our deeds, we are called to reveal the heart of the Father to this generation. You are the light of the world. And God has determined that He is going to expose you in open, plain view to the society in which we live, the light of God in your life. He did not put the light, the eternal flame of the Holy Spirit in us for us to cram it into a can and hide it on a shelf. He poured His presence, His Spirit, into us so that He could set it on a hill and the world could see the difference between someone who has had an encounter with the Almighty God and someone who's doing it in their own strength. We need the Holy Spirit back in the church. We don't need a better plan. We don't need a better can. We need the fire of the living God. We need the power of the wind of God to blow in our lives and cause that flame to heat up. Oh, Jesus, and I've always aspired to be calm when I do this, I really have. Oh, have mercy. I didn't mean to do that. Maybe I got foot and mouth disease. Who knows? It's also always the plan of the enemy to falsify and jeopardize that which God wants to do in a generation. He tries to corrupt it and distort it. Think about exposure. Everybody's looking for exposure today, but nobody wants to be exposed. We measure our success by how many likes and wows and And hits we get on anything we say. I mean, it's really strange that it seems very common that everybody wants everyone else to know what they had for lunch (laughs) or which coffee shop they're at. I really don't care what you had for lunch, I don't want you to know what I ate for lunch. I don't necessarily, you know, but I've been eating pretty good lately. My son sent me a, 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 a whole pastrami from Cat's Deli in New York, and it, it makes a pretty decent sandwich. We, we live our lives by what we think others think about us. I'm really ha- I'm having a debate within myself what, whether I should even open this can of worms up or not. Because uh, it's, it's really kind of embarrassing. I had... Did you ever ask God for a dream and then wish he hadn't given it to you? I, ha- I have a strange relationship with my father. Uh, I asked the Lord to speak uh, to me in a dream one night. Well, I pretty much asked him that every night. And uh, it's a good habit to get into. Uh, but I was here in this church. And I was naked. And uh, someone came over there to where I normally sit and exposed me to the whole church. And I was very embarrassed. And I woke up and the Lord began to speak to me and, it's, and said, It's a time for the secrets of men's heart to be exposed. Do you want the secrets of your heart to be exposed? Now, I don't want you to ask, raise your hand. I'm just telling you that every thought that I have, I'm not necessarily wanting to broadcast publicly. I believe the Lord is calling us to a new level of sanctification and purity in our lives, but at the same time, none of us are perfect. Isn't it wonderful? I just finished reading uh, the book of Genesis again uh, recently, and... And I find it amazing that God chose to identify himself with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had some stuff going on in their life that wasn't exactly good. I mean, you think about Aaron. Aaron. We get the ironic priesthood. The, the high priest was descended from Aaron. And yet... He was the first one to melt down the gold and, you know, say the build a golden calf. You know, uh, Levi was. uh, We get the Levitical priesthood from Levi, and he sort of deceived a whole village and murdered a whole village. He was a murderer. His his dad even said, "You're not going to get any inheritance in the land." You know, he had some stuff that was going on in his life that was not exactly righteous. And yet God chose to identify with those people. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Levi got an upgrade. He didn't get an inheritance in Israel. He got the presence of the Lord. He said that the Lord would be the inheritance of Levi. That's wonderful, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful to know that God knows us intimately and deeply. He knows our darkest secrets. He knows the things that that we don't like that are in us, you know. And He has sent the Holy Spirit to purify those things in us and to cleanse us. There's none of us that are without sin. But we have a loving, merciful, forgiving God that wants to redeem us and use us for His glory in the earth. Oh, Jesus, help me not mess these people up. Oh, I don't know what to do now. There's no way I can get where I want to go in ten minutes. Um, no, I got a time limit. Um, get, get, just I know, but I, when you don't know what to do, you know when you don't know which way to run. If I'm left alone up here, none of us will be happy when we leave. Come, Lord, come quickly. <laughs> John nine uh verse one through five uh here is and I like the the new living translation. I'm just going to put a plug in for the New Living Translation. I know there's a lot of modern translations going around, and they're really wonderful and everything, but some of the more expanded devotional translations I would look into, and I just couldn't find it in the Greek or the Hebrew. But the New Living Translation, every time I go into what few skills I have with the biblical languages, I find this really reliable and good and honest translation. Uh, but it says, "As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, "Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins?" Jesus said, replied it says, "It wasn't because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then in Matthew 5, verses 11 through 16, it says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. I don't know if I want to ask you to raise your hand or not, but... uh, There is a spirit loosed in the earth today of false accusation. It is hard to find the truth. Has anybody, I I know personally of several, what I consider to be high quality, full of integrity. Righteous, living, godly servants, uh, ministers of the gospel in several nations around the world that have been viciously and cruelly falsely accused this last year. It's like the presumption of innocence has disappeared. You are assumed to be guilty anytime anybody accuses you of anything, you have to prove you are innocent. No matter what. You know, it's very difficult to prove you're innocent. When you begin to say, I didn't really do that you are immediately suspect. You see, this is the enemy's counterpoint, counterfeit to being set on a hill as a light for all to see. It's a counterfeit. The spirit of accusation is at war against the purposes of God in our generation. We are to walk in the light as He is in the light and let our deeds shine. That was a, that's a wonderful testimony about the coffee shop there in Tel Aviv. Man, Israel is a hard place. It is a difficult place to witness. They've heard it all. You really have to show them. Through your deeds and through your righteous acts, through forgiveness, We need a time of mercy and grace in our culture. We need a time of forgiveness. But we also need a time of renewed holiness in our personal lives. Not so that we can gain salvation or gain approval from our Father, but so that our lives can truly reflect who He is. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? I don't feel like I'm saying it right. This is a tough crowd, Byron. You're right. Um Luke eleven thirty four says, Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you're filled with light, with no dark corners then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. What do you want to see? What is it that you want to look at? Do you want to see what's wrong with others? Do you want to see what's wrong with the society around us? Because what you want to see, you will see. Anything about your dirty laundry, man? I don't even want to do my own dirty laundry. I just spent a couple of weeks in Cambodia, and um, I, you know, I, I didn't know, have opportunity to have any laundry done when I was in Cambodia. So I'm going to get real graphic here. I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but life is real. I had 2 weeks worth of dirty underwear when I came back. And it's hot and sweaty in Cambodia. And I honestly when I was put I had I put them all in a plastic bag to keep it away from the rest of my uh clothes in the in the suitcase. You know, I've learned to carry lots of plastic bags with me when I travel. So i got all that too. I almost threw it all away. (laughs) I didn't want to ask my lovely wife to deal with that when I came home. And I opened up that plastic bag and the fragrance rose up out of it. And I thought, I don't want to even touch that stuff. I'm not sure a little bit of... uh, uh, Soap and Clorox will redeem it. So if I don't want to deal with my own dirty laundry, I sure don't want to deal with yours unless I absolutely have to. You know what I'm saying? I want to see Jesus in you. I want to see what's right about you. I want to see what you want to do for the glory of God. We need to encourage that which is positive in each other. That which is godly and holy and righteous and true. That's all I want to see about you. Any old pagan can tell you what's wrong with you. Just ask your neighbor. You know, Arthur Burt used to say, you get to make your friends and you get to make your enemies, but God chooses your neighbors. (laughs) Give me eyes to see, Lord. Give me eyes to see that which I should aspire to. And wish that upon you. I'm going to read something from. Has anybody in here suffered false accusations this year? Have you, has anybody in here suffered betrayals from someone you love this year? It hurts a lot, doesn't it? It's hard to rejoice when that happens. But God is always working. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. He's always working. He's always working. Um, I recently, um, how many of you have actually read the book, The Count of Monte Cristo? I'm not. Don't even raise your hand if you're, you've seen the movie. <laughs> don't even go there. Uh, let me recommend that book to you. Do you know? Most everybody thinks they know what the Count of Monte Cristo is about, but it's the Count of the Mountain of Christ, the nobleman of the Mountain of Christ. It is a allegory, uh, a tremendous allegory, an in-depth parable about the complications when you are falsely accused and imprisoned by your closest friends and associates. And they, uh, uh, through their false accusations, they put this guy, this Edmond Dantes, he is thrown in prison for 18 years. but the and and he is he's wickedly deceived by somebody who wants his fiance and somebody who wants his position he just got promoted to be the ship's captain and the first mate was jealous and so he deceives him and then there's a corrupt politician and then a common thief you know and all of these people four people conspire to throw him in prison and he suffers terribly but when he gets into his prison cell um there's an inscription somebody's uh put in the script uh on the prison wall that that the justice of god will win out and so while he's there he makes friends with this guy who is a priest and he knows where this wealth is hidden you know this and so he finally escapes from prison and he becomes Immensely wealthy. So he has the power to seek vengeance and revenge against all of those people who hurt him. But in the process, he begins to lose his own soul. And he sees that that he can't be like God The lesson of the story is that when someone does you wrong, leave it in God's hand because God's always working. And when you put your hand in it to seek your own revenge, it'll come back to bite you in the hinder parts. Because the people you really care about and you really love also get hurt. When you seek your own vengeance, then what happens is... Not only the guilty, but the innocent suffer and you lose your own soul in the process. I'd recommend the book. It's only a thousand pages. You can read it this afternoon. But it's a great story. But you've got to leave it in the hands of God. Romans 12 is one of my favorite all-time chapters in the Bible. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless them. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. We must forgive. Forgiveness. You know, um I, 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 I one of my favorite philosophers was a he's a, a stoic philosopher, um, a Roman emperor, but he, he said that the best revenge is to not be like your enemy. Don't retaliate wrong for the wrongs you've suffered. And in the working out of that process, you will see the glory of God revealed. Forgiveness is the path that we must always take, no matter how painful it is. Don't allow the enemy to rob you of your integrity. Because in the long run, yes, it is true that we are the light of the world. That God wants to set us on a hill so that all the world can see Jesus Christ reflected in our lives. That is really true. But you've got to live Inside of yourself. One of the cruelest things that I can imagine. Is to have to live inside your own self. Knowing. That you have done someone wrong. That you didn't forgive. You know it's a terrible. It's a curse to live with a body and soul full of resentment. It brings harm to you inside your own self. We can't do that, church. We can't succumb to that. No matter what we have gone through in our own personal lives, don't let the enemy rob you. You were meant to live free. You were meant to live with grace and mercy and love and kindness and temperance and charity flowing through your heart because God has destined us for great joy. Not to live in bondage, not to live in the bondage of resentment. Has someone ever cut you off in traffic and you you go home and you're still stewing about it? Has someone ever done you wrong and at night you're, you're planning what you're going to say to that sorry scoundrel the next time you see him? Don't go there. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Don't tolerate it for an instant. Don't tolerate a tendency towards vengeance in your own heart. Don't allow it to get a hold of you. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. I'm five minutes over. i got to be quiet. I, uh, I'm, can I take three minutes? Is that, I, I, I don't even know why I want to say this. Um the the supernatural realm is reflected in the natural realm and there are principles at work in the whole world i was in cambodia a couple of weeks ago and they they had one of the weirdest laws i've ever heard in my life during the day you have to drive your motorcycle with a light on so that people can see you coming that's a pretty good because we know in traffic it really is hard to see a motorcycle coming sometimes especially if they're dressed in dark clothes you know so it's good that motorcycles have their headlights burning bright that's a protection for the bike rider but in Cambodia the law says you have to have your motorcycle light on during the daytime but you don't have to have it on at night it's in the law because the core belief of that society believes that the world is filled with evil spirits who are out to get you. And so that those evil spirits will see the lights and follow you home at night and attack you. That is, that is a core belief in Cambodia. Cambodia. I mean, we kind of go, wow, that's weird. You know? But evil spirits may see your light and may come after you. It's true, but don't turn your light off. Day or night, night or day, let your light keep shining. Don't turn your light off. Don't be intimidated into thinking that if I do this or that for the glory of God, then the enemy is going to come against me. Don't go there. Keep your light on. Keep doing what the Holy Spirit prompts you to do because you are the light on a hill. I'm done. That was weird. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Jim. No, that was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. I appreciate you, Jim. Um, Jim has given some messages that I know personally have been life-changing, so I always enjoy it when I get the opportunity to listen to them. So there's invitation today, church, to participate with things that the Lord is about. You know, I think there's been this whole kind of stream, at least that I've noticed, that the Lord's doing a work. And he wants to invite us to participate in it. You know, that's, that's outreach. You know, we've heard all these different kinds of outreach through Love Life and through, you know, the Feliz um, the Navidad, like Norman, and through Dugit. You know, that we are a light on the hill. Right? I think the cool thing, though, is that, you know, wh- where does that light come from? It's not from me. It's not from you. We're just called to reflect, to be filled up with the light of the Lord so that we might shine, so that other people can see him. So Lord, fill us up today with you. Lord, there are things in our way, in our hearts and in our lives that prevent us from shining as brightly as you do but we're called to be the light on the hill to this world. There are people who need you desperately in our families, in our workplaces, in our towns, in our nations. Lord, we get to be the light to them. What an awesome privilege that you've called us to. So father, we just want to join with your heart for those people and ask that you would fill us up with your light that you would help us identify the things in our heart that are tarnishing that because we don't need those things. But Lord, that you would reflect through us, especially as we go today into this Christmas season, as we have all these opportunities to be around people and and just to show them you. Lord, fill us up. Amen. Church, we still got a bunch of business to take care of this morning. If you're interested, we're going to have the ministry team come forward. The worship team's up here. They're going to just worship still. So if you have some business with the Lord, there's lots of stuff that was going on today. The Father was being about his invita- about his business, and again, you're invited to participate. So if you feel like you need a way, you need a miracle, we'd love to pray with you. If you feel like you there's an avenue where you want to shine the Lord's light, but something's maybe you feel like something's in the middle of that, You can come up and get prayer for that. This morning in the intercessory room, somebody had a word that the Lord was healing lungs and hearts. So if you are in need, take advantage. We get to participate right here in this room in international missions this morning. We're going to pray for Nate. He's going to come over here by the drum cage. So if you are so inclined to bless him and what Dugit is doing, please come up and put hands on him and pray for him because we want to contribute to what the Lord's doing in the world. And if your business is done, then bless you. Have a great day. Amen, Lord.